Hi listeners, it's Kat here from Cast a Guest. I just wanted to take a quick minute outside of the show to let you know about empowerment coaching. I know this is probably confusing a lot of people right now. Outside of telling you about true crime, I work as a life coach, helping others achieve their goals, break down barriers, eliminate limiting beliefs, or anything else a person may need guidance to achieve their most authentic life. The world has been upside down since 2020, and I know a lot of us may be lost, confused, or unsure as to what we want and how to get there. If you think speaking with a life coach may help you, please feel free to contact me at alteregowellness at outlook.com or at alteregowell on Instagram. Okay, now back to our show. Hey, you glorious, glorious individuals. How are you today? That was a rhetorical question. So today we got a fucking weird one. And you'll concur, I'm sure, by the end. But just to give you a taste, here's what we got in store for you today. We got a tree fucker eating squirrels, Dairy Queen, in Colorado. If you're thinking to yourself, God damn it. We're going to learn about a traditional Greta Thunberg lunch in the Centennial State. I wish you were right. Nope, today we are going to be talking about Matthew Hoffman and his House of Leaves. I recommend port or vermouth for this one. I'm John. And I'm Kat. Because she's downstairs making dinner. And this is Castagast. again this never-ending week after week fucking torture well you're the one that wanted to start a podcast no you were the one who wanted to start a fucking podcast get your cold hand off me (laughs) i said i would love to have a true crime podcast and you just invited yourself into it no you asked me to join so that i get you have someone to bounce this off of never lies you guys are listening to lies no no not lies not lies. Why don't you give us our disclaimer? Is there what's in this one? Just keep it general. All right, listen, folks. Here at Castagast, we hate murderers and rapists and criminals and assholes and people who make it easier for them to live and do the things that they do, and so we make fun of them here, and we're proud of that. And if you don't like a lighter touch, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't care much. For making fun of criminals, and you don't care much for having a lighter touch to true crime, um, then fuck off. For the rest of you, let's delve into another goddamn depressing episode of Castagast, and uh, I'll let you know when to take the shots. Thank you, everyone. Well, I hope you guys don't find our episodes depressing and, and think, oh God, here But comes- why does anyone <laughs> listen to true crime? It's a, what do you feel when you listen to true crime? I know how you feel. You come over to me when I'm done eight hours of work and you're like, 
John, I have to tell you about this thing. Then I got to sit there for 45 minutes while making fucking craft dinner, hearing about how someone ate a child and like fucking wore his skin. You know, it's okay. Fair enough. And no one responded to the Amber Alert. Like, it's like, it's so fucking depressing. Like, why did, and you're like, it was a two hour long podcast. Who the fuck listened to that? You li- and you listened to it in the goddamn bath. Like, I'm going to clean my vagina and then I'm going to listen to some nice people dying. They you're, don't even get to clean their vaginas now because they're dead. Awful. You're an awful person. Thank you for that. Are you are you ready? Are you guys ready? Are you ready for this motherfucking shit, this mayhem? Okay. Here we go. Let's get on with the goddamn show. Okay. Matthew Hoffman was born November 1st, 1980 in Mount Vernon, Virginia. Millennial. That's an elder millennial, by the way. There isn't too much reported or documented about his childhood, but he was known as your average guy that all of a sudden started displaying strange and erratic behavior in his 20s. Matthew developed a love for trees. And this one... <laughs> and this oh my one, god, is this the story of fucking Greta Thunberg? <laughs> <laughs> this went beyond the hippy-dippy tree-hugging kind of love, though. He was a dendrophiliac, which is described as someone who has a love of trees. It presents as a sincere respect for trees... <laughs> Or a desire to protect and care for them. <laughs> Some dendrophiliacs will even have a sexual attraction with trees. Oh, man, the bark on that birch. That would hurt. <laughs> it's like the girl from... Uh... Evil Dead. No, not Evil oh. Dead. Uh, the, the one who's like... Oh, Molly Shannon. <laughs> Molly Shannon, yeah. Yes. What was that? Superstar. 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 Holy yeah. fuck. That's, that's aging us. <laughs> Yeah, we're also elder millennials. Maybe he saw that. Yeah. <laughs> that was around our, that would have been our teens, I yeah. think, Superstar. Yeah. So by the time he hit his 20s, he's like, you know what? Sh- M- Molly Shannon had a, had a point there. You know, the the gnarled bark on a, on a spruce. Really is, turns me on. I can feel my testicles moving. <laughs> Matthew did. <laughs> going to give that wood some wood. <laughs> Good one. May create a fire. Matthew did work as a tree trimmer briefly, but was fired for being unreliable. I feel like that's like an oxymoron. <laughs> like you have a love of trees, but then you become a tree trimmer. I feel like an analogy would be someone who like waxes people's private parts. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, you know, like they they love what they do, but like some you know you're not attracted to all trees, just some trees. Maybe you know, like oh, that was a nice. That was a nice dick that I waxed. <laughs> he was also in a relationship with a woman, but that had ended, and it was then that his neighbors started reporting his strange behavior. He intentionally turned off the power to his house and would be spotted perched up in the trees on his property and would often hunt for his most favorite meal, squirrels. Oh, my God. This is crazy. Does he turn into a real sick Geppetto? Like, he makes, like, a fucking lover out of wood? <laughs> On... <laughs> I shall call you Pinocchio. Now, now I'm going to bend over and say a lie. I think people are going to forget the story oh, by all the right, time all right. we get on here. There's just so much to work with here. On November 10th, 2010, 911 received a call from the manager of a local Dairy Queen. <laughs> this is already doing so well. A Dairy Queen. <laughs> reporting that her co-worker, 32-year-old Tina Herman, had not shown up for work. Uh-oh. Which was completely out of character for the single mother of two. Oh, fuck. It had to be a single mother of two. Police went to her house, which was in complete darkness. No lights or anything on inside. 
They knocked, and when met with no answer, they just assumed that she and her kids just went out of town or something like that. However, alarm bells rang when the very next day, Tina's neighbor and close friend, Stephanie Spring, was also reported missing by her boyfriend. It was also reported that Tina's 13-year-old daughter, Sarah, and 11-year-old son, Cody, did not show up to school. Oh, for fuck's sakes. This is, this is going to be bad. The Dairy Queen manager decided to head over to Tina's house to check on her. When she got in through the front door, she was immediately met with a horrific and terrifying scene. That is a pretty bold manager. Yeah. Like, like my manager well, would definitely not fucking... <laughs> he would send a couple emails, and then there'll be like, uh, you're you're abandoning your I job. I think mine And then would. I get an email from HR. <laughs> That's my guess. They would never even call. I think my manager would. Well, he's a fucking creep and a fat ass. <laughs> there was blood everywhere. Pools of blood, drag marks, spatters. It was like a horror movie. The bathroom and bathtub was also completely blood-covered. As if bodies may have been dismembered oh, there. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, I wonder if they were dismembered now. You're now, that's just me putting that in there. But usually when you see bathtubs, like we all saw the Sopranos with Ralphie's scene. Now, spoiler oh, yeah. alert, but like you said the show before, the show was from the 90s. So, but. so if you haven't seen the Sopranos <laughs> yet, you must be a Zoomer. Get on it. Tina's boyfriend was questioned, but was quickly cleared due to his solid alibi of being at work. The search for Tina, her two children, and Stephanie Spring began. When investigating the crime scene, police located tarps and Walmart bags in Tina's garage. Thinking this could have been purchased by the killer, they went to the local Walmart to review store surveillance and located a man purchasing the items found in the garage a little after midnight on a Wednesday. I feel like, to be perfectly honest, Walmart should submit security footage of anyone who shops there after midnight (laughs) (laughs) also you hear this all the time a person comes in at 2 a.m they're purchasing an axe a saw blade (laughs) and a duffel bag (laughs) tarps duct tape lie you know (laughs) i just need a bucket of lie they then turn to the parking lot surveillance to locate this man's vehicle they learned this man was 30 year old matthew hoffman He lived less than half a mile from Tina's home. Matthew did have a shady past. Is this Matt Hoffman like the famous like... like, Skateboarder? No, no, that was was Tony Hawk. Matt Hoffman was like the BMXer. Oh, that's right. It's the same Matt Hoffman? Yes, exactly the The, same. The BMX killer. I'm I'm dripping with sarcasm here. Well, we might confuse the fucking listeners. Matthew did have a shady past and was previously convicted of theft burglary and arson after he had set a condominium complex on fire to cover up a burglary and robbery in Colorado. He was sentenced to eight years in prison for that. Can can we clarify? I'm sorry, but what's the difference between theft and burglary and robbery? Police obtained a no-knock warrant on November 15th. The SWAT burst into his home just after sunrise and apprehended Matthew. He was sitting on his couch, completely slack-jawed when they came in. What police burst into was Matthew's living conditions. His home was filled with tons and tons of leaves. There was also bags upon bags of leaves stuffed into his walls that almost looked like he used them for insulation. Holy fuck. 
That is a lot of leaves. After apprehending Matthew, they began searching the house for the victims. They turned up nothing until they reached the basement. Now, I do want to say that they treated this very carefully because with the amount of leaves that were in this home, they anybody could have been under them. So the police really did a great job at searching this house diligently but carefully. So they turned up nothing until they reached the basement. They found 13-year-old Sarah bound and gagged on a bed of leaves. After clearing the home, they did not locate any of the other victims. When being questioned by police, Matthew Hoffman did not speak a word. He just sat there. It's honestly the most infuriating thing to watch. Like, you can watch his his questioning on YouTube, which we'll link in our show notes, obviously. Um, And he just sits there. Like... You were talking about Superstar earlier, but he just sits there with his arms crossed, like his hands in his armpits, just looking like so casual and like a total fucking asshole. Oh, really? Yeah. It almost reminds me of uh, Mr. In-Between mm. when the police show up at his door. I don't answer, I, I don't I, answer questions. And like, uh, we, Mrs. So-and-so said that you uh, verbally assaulted her. I don't answer questions. <laughs> Were you at Mrs. So-and-so's place? I don't answer questions. <laughs> Do you wipe your ass with leaves? I don't answer questions. There's not much toilet paper in this picture here, <laughs> right. but there's a lot of leaves. Do you wipe your ass with leaves? <laughs> Let's get on with this. I don't answer questions. <laughs> Towards the end of the interview, he does make sign language actions where he taps his heart and then makes bursting and breaking actions with his hands. The cops are trying to piece it together, and they're saying, oh, your heart's bursting. Then he does it again, and they're saying, oh, your heart's breaking. But Matthew just sits there. And I just want to say, he doesn't have a speech issue or a hearing issue. He was just being a total fucking dick. Matthew was charged with murder, but then made a deal on November 18th. He'll tell the police what happened and where the bodies are if they take the death penalty off the table. So here is what happened. All right, here we go. On November 10th, Matthew entered Tina's home after he watched her leave. He had been camping outside for several days, scoping their house with the plan to rob it. Tina ended up coming home from grocery shopping and walked in on Matthew. He claims he was surprised and tried knocking her out with a blackjack that he had with him. A blackjack? Yeah, it's like a club. What is this guy from 1872? (laughs) Like, fucking blackjack? (laughs) After hitting her repeatedly, she wouldn't pass out. Like, she she just wouldn't go unconscious. Oh, my God. And then Stephanie walked in, Tina's neighbor and close friend. So panicking, he killed them both. He also killed the family dog as he claimed it wouldn't stop barking. Wow, this guy sucks. Then later in the day, with Matthew still in the house, the kids got off their bus from school and entered the home. Sarah and Cody saw all the blood and began yelling and screaming for their mom. Matthew ambushed them both. Sarah ran and locked herself in another room, but he broke through the door and held a knife at her chest. He blindfolded her and tied her hands. During an interview with Oxygen, she stated, quote, He told me that if I started screaming that he was going to kill me, end quote. He brought her to his home and put her on the bed of leaves in the basement where he sexually assaulted her repeatedly oh my God. until her rescue. What a fucking asshole. Matthew dismembered the bodies of Tina, Cody, and Stephanie. Jesus Christ. And stuffed them inside a hollowed tree. 
He led the police to this tree out in a wildlife area known for camping and hunting. Their bodies were inside the tree, as he claimed. And it really is the most eerie. Like, we we have talked about and we'll continue to talk about, like, horrific um, crime scenes and discoveries of bodies. But just to, to think about this guy's disgusting obsession with trees. No disrespect to dendrophiliacs out there. But his disgusting obsession with trees and then just that's where these poor people were led to rest like they like that's where in pieces too like he couldn't like they're not even whole they're not even in one piece as themselves and he just puts them in a tree like it's just like another fuck you to them like even in the afterlife like even after you're dead i'm just gonna continue to be selfish and that's how i take it anyways oh totally like just like what the fuck stop stop what you're doing this is fucking ridiculous and i completely do not believe that it was um a burglary gone wrong oh absolutely not absolutely not no one who is that willing to do that stuff like he didn't even fucking it it sounds like he didn't even like question it he didn't even second guess it i'm just gonna he comes in with a fucking blackjack well i believe that he had been Camping outside the house. I do believe that. I believe he had an obsession with 13-year-old Sarah. And his plan all along was to kidnap her. I Why wait in the house between the hours between murdering Tina and Stephanie? Why are you still in that house? Yeah, like what the like, fuck are you out, doing? Exactly. And you're dismembering them in their own bathtub. Like you, you could have just done it and, and left, grabbed whatever you came there for. No, this was entirely, in my opinion, a plan to to get Sarah. Yeah. Matthew Hoffman faced 10 charges, which included aggravated murder, gross abuse of a corpse, burglary, kidnapping, and rape. 10 shots right there. In January of 2011, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. That's not enough. I'm but certain. I'm glad that they removed possibility yeah. of parole. And I'm for, like, again, no disrespect to dendrophiliacs, but I, I feel having that label and knowing that you messed with children, you're not going to have it easy in prison. Oh, and I hope he and doesn't. And I'll show I you pictures they... of him. He's like a fresh face baby baby face you know he they're gonna have their fun with him oh i want a guy who's like 300 pounds with a hair lip yeah come up to him in like the fucking prison cafeteria and just break a leg off of a fucking wooden table and be like i like wood boy (laughs) and he just fucks him in the ass with the leg of a table absolutely that would be you know if he times that uh by a hundred thousand that still would not be enough for this fucking asshole So, he hasn't been a model inmate either. His prison record states that he's been disobedient, creates disturbances, and has destroyed property. Sadly, in 2013, at the age of 16, Sarah's name was in the newspapers again, as her father and stepmother were charged with abusing her. Oh, for fuck's sake, this poor girl. Her mother and brother were stolen from her. She goes to live with the father, and according to court records... Larry Maynard, 34, punched his daughter in the back on May 3rd, and five days later, Tracy Maynard, 33, kicked her stepdaughter down a set of stairs. Sarah was sent to live with them after the murder of her mother and brother. There was a protection order put against them that they had to stay away from Sarah. I'm hoping wherever Sarah is today that she is happy, healthy, and healing. Yeah, no kidding. She'll probably need therapy. Yeah. I did fuck, try... Fuck the Maynards. I did try... Fi- absolutely. 
I did try finding like where she is today, but I completely respect why she would want to be out of the public eye. She deserves her privacy. She deserves um, her healing. And like her, her father and stepmother are absolutely garbage people. There's obviously a reason why her mother was not with the father. Uh, if that's the kind of person he is. Um, why the fuck would the courts put her with him then? Well, he, this happened after. So she was placed with him. There was obviously no record of abuse or anything up to that point. But after being placed with him, she was with him for three years. So this happened when she was 16. But thank goodness for the order of protection put against them that they had to stay away from her. So I don't know where she was placed after that honestly like i hear stories of prosecutors taking in or adopting the children of cases i have heard that so many times oh really Mm -hmm. i I just heard it recently as well like i think it was a story i was reading yesterday but uh that's like i couldn't imagine being a prosecutor hearing these stories or a judge and you just want to you just want to take in everyone and protect them from harm and and everything but uh i do hear those stories and i almost wish that was the case with sarah that she was able to be taken in by someone that's actually going to value her but wherever she is i wish her well yeah yeah and i hope she is on the road to healing yeah and moving on and moving forward that's the most important thing Mm -hmm. second most important thing is that these assholes fucking uh live a life of pain and misery and die painfully yes fucking assholes who the fuck does that and they're like in their 30s these maynards yeah yeah 30 they're our age 33 and 34 disgusting Mm -hmm. so that is um that's the actual guy matt hoffman yeah matthew hoffman he looks like a piece of fucking garbage. But yeah, he's a baby face for yeah, sure. Yeah, like this He was... kind of looks like, uh, what's his name? Um, he's got a real fucked up name. He's kind of like the, the poor man's uh, Johnny Depp. Skeet? Skeet oh, Ulrich. Oh, Skeet Ulrich. He does look he looks... like him. Yeah. No, but let's not insult Skeet Ulrich. Oh, Skeet way. Ulrich is, is a, is a babe. Yeah, he is a babe. But but he, you can see like he's kind of... He does have that... Ab- yeah, he absolutely does re- have similar features. And that's uh, Sarah Maynard there. Oh, that's so fucking unfortunate. And that's Tina, 11-year-old Cody, and Stephanie Spring. Fuck. That's awful. You know, I don't kink shame... Um, unless it's like you're a disgusting pedophile. This fucker. Yeah. Like, I wonder if he knew how fucked up he was. Yeah. Well, like, and to, to turn off the power to your home, you know, like it, and I believe it was a family owned home that was left to him after his parents passed. So I, I believe, don't quote me on that, but I think that's what I read in my research. So like that home was given to him and then like, I, I should look into like what has become of that home if they've torn it down or yeah if if it's been cleaned out and someone lives there now. Oh, I know so the horror brutal. didn't like the the murders didn't happen there, but there's still a lot of horror with poor Sarah having her family murdered and then being taken, held captive, and raped. Yeah, yeah. So she, she was held captive by him for four days. So like, if I I would love to give a standing ovation to those police officers. They, yes, maybe. I do know that unless there's, sh- there's they show signs of 
a struggle or anything like that, they don't enter the home and doing a wellness check. That So you do wish that they could have entered the home because they would have just been one day yeah. ahead of the game. But they did act very quickly once uh, Stephanie Spring was reported missing. So thank goodness for that. Thank goodness everything was taken seriously after that. But kudos to them with their investigation. Like to go to the Walmart and watch the footage of, okay, who bought these items? And then... Now that we see who bought them, let's check out the parking lot footage so we can see what car he goes to. And like, he didn't really cover up his tracks very good. And I would no. love to have seen his face when they burst through with their oh. no-knock warrant. Oh, no kidding. That would have been yeah. awesome. Okay, that's. I think that's two shots for uh, the police doing a good job. Yeah, I think so. I think they definitely... And a shot for the manager... Who oh. went above and beyond and went knocking on the I door. I know. And you can hear her 911 call. It is it is public on... Oh, really? Yeah. And and uh, so she calls, makes the missing person's report, and then she calls the very next day saying, I am in this house. I am I am in this house and something terrible has happened. Like, she's a hero. Like, she she started the, the chain reaction into getting yeah. the, you know, Sarah found. Yeah, so I it'd be nice if, if they kept in touch. I don't know if they do, but... Yeah. Yeah. So that is the story of Sarah Maynard and Cody and Tina and Stephanie Spring. Um, and the tree leaf guy can just rot the, away in prison. Yeah, the tree fucker killer. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if people who are really attracted to bushes and shrubberies... <laughs> Like, if they have anything in common with uh, dendrophiles. I'm, <laughs> I'm playing um, Animal Crossing right now. And yeah. wouldn't it be funny if I just, like, start seeing uh, Isabel or something just, like, grinding up against a tree? <laughs> <laughs> she would. Or Poppy just, you know, enjoying the log benches I have set about a little too much. <laughs> yeah, she found a good gnarl. <laughs> just rubbing her. Rubbing her fucking squirrel pussy up against it. Oh my god! <laughs> These woodland creatures. We're gonna be canceled after this. No, episode. we're not gonna be canceled. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Then we're just doing this for ourselves. Yeah. Which is exactly what we're doing. Yeah. No, we do it for you guys. No, we're doing it for ourselves. We do it. For but you thank guys. you for listening. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Give us money. <laughs> yeah. We're so poor. It's incredible. Inflation. Inflation. When you vote liberal. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, friends fuck. if you all have right. any cases you want us to cover you are welcome to email us at castagast at gmail.com how do you spell castagast c-a-s-t-a-g-h-a-s-t at gmail.com at gmail.com don't fuck a tree and remember there's a silent h <laughs> yeah there's a silent h <laughs> all right guys it's um why are you why are you saying guys use a gender neutral term how dare you all right fellas <laughs> all right, you crazy cats and kittens <laughs> oh man all right get out there finish your drink go hug a tree just not too tightly yes. and enjoy your uh the rest of your week thanks again for listening thank you you can check us out on youtube at Catum Concoction. That's C-A-T-A-M-C-O-N-C-O-C-T-I-O-N. <laughs> and on Instagram at cast underscore aghast. Remember, there's a silent H. <laughs> <laughs>
leaves. Piles, leaf, leaf piles. <laughs> Life piles multiple feet high is the sentence she wrote. <laughs> leaf piles. Sorry. Today, we're talking about... No, take that out. No, I won't. When investigating the crime scene, police located tarps and Walmart bags in Tina's garage. Thinking, thinking this could have been purchased by the killer. Oh, sorry. Thinking. <laughs> Tina's garage. Thinking this could be They went to the local Walmart. He had been camping outside for... He claims he was surprised and tried knocking her out with a blackjack. Police obtained a no-knock warrant on November 15th. You misspelled obtained. He's I know. Police obtained. Okay, thank you. Abandoned? Abandoned. Okay, can we get through this? <laughs> what, was the, what did they say on 90 Day Fiance? Abandoned. Oh. Police obtained a no-knock... Oh, <laughs> I'm in a good mood. I'm drinking wine, folks. 